up, family? We are here for another episode of Who Taught You? Tonight, I'm talking about who taught you um, how to heal. I was going to say who taught you how to grow, but uh, I changed it to who taught you how to heal. And I was thinking about this topic because a lot of times people will come through the office and uh, either either will start working and then they'll get to a place where they say, you know, um, I don't have that negative belief about me, but I can tell that they still do. Or one of them from dealing with a couple. One of them, let's say the wife, you know, she's willing to do work. And the husband is like, I already did all of my childhood work. Like, I'm good. I don't need to work on anything. But when they start telling me about <laughs> their issues, I know, uh, bro, you still have more work that you need to do. So I wanted to talk tonight about, like, how, how do you know if you're actually healed? Like, how do you know if the thing that, because all of us will admit most of us will admit I have issues or, you know, I, I have things from childhood or I have things that I have to deal with or that I've been dealing with. But but people will think that they are better when they're not. So I want to talk about that tonight and just kind of give you some insight on what to look for and basically how to examine yourself. Right. If you are going to be good at marriage if you're going to be a good husband, you have to become um, a self-examiner. I, I say, I say, you have to become a rigorous self-examiner. Uh, so, fellas, if you if you want to be the best husband, and I don't know why you wouldn't want to be like, why why do people get married and not give their all? Why do people get married and not give their best? So, here's what I've learned: marriage is too difficult. It costs too much. I'm talking about, and I'm, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about energy and effort. It costs too much energy and effort to just get in it and just kind of be like, eh, right? Why not give you all? So if you want to be that kind of husband, if you want to be the best husband, then you have to be a self-examiner, self right? You have to, you have to be committed to looking in the mirror. Like I did a video not, not long ago and I talked about, um, the, the thing that I believe more than anything else makes someone marriage material or not makes them the, the right person to be married to or not is their commitment or not to personal development. So if you're not committed to personal development, you are hindering your life and your marriage. I'm not talking about her. What she does that's between her and God. But your personal development, husbands, it's on you. So commit to yourself. I'm going to be the best that I can. Right. And to do that, you got to look in the mirror. All right. So you want to look in the mirror. Now, uh, let me start off by saying this change. We talk about changing. Right. When we talk about change, change does not happen just because I say um, I'm changing. So so if I have if I have a behavior that I've been having for a long time and good or bad. So I'm just talking about a behavior now. It doesn't, I'm not qualifying it, but let's say I have a behavior that I've had for a long time in order for me to stop that behavior. I can't just say, you know what? I'm going to stop that. And then just stop it by sheer willpower. 
And that's what we think a lot of time. We think because, you know, I have strong willpower, I can just make changes. And and we've tricked ourselves at times where we thought I made a choice and change happened. And it, it really didn't look like that. And so we think because I did that, now, like, that's how it works for me. And what I'm trying to tell you, that is not true. And the reason I, so the reason I even wanted to do this topic is because in the therapy room, it hinders the growth process. Like it hinders, it hinders um, the healing process and it prolongs therapy, which means it becomes more and more expensive, right? Now, I know that working with me is not, it's not expensive. So it's not about the money. But the point is, if you can get to healing faster by addressing what's real, then why not do that? Okay. So, but I'm telling you that change and healing doesn't come just because I say so. Let me give you an example. So uh, people will say to me, uh, I love myself, you know, I, I, and, you know, I figured I have to I have to find a way I have to find a way to communicate my message in a way where it's simple, but still not too simple, where uh, the words I'm using gets mixed in with what people think the words mean. For example, when I when I talk to people about loving themselves and they say, no, I love myself, their answer is almost every time based on what they think love is and how they think they how they think they feel about themselves. But when we start looking at their life, it is clear your your self-love is not at the appropriate level. Now when I say so I don't believe it's a I love myself or I hate myself. Like it's not a one or the other. But I do so there are levels and I do believe your your self-love has to be at the appropriate place. Right. If it's too high, you're going to be walking in arrogance and pride. But if it's too low, you're also you're still going to be walking in pride, just not arrogance, because you're going to be thinking too lowly of yourself. But when your self-love is at the right place, uh, there are certain things you just cannot allow to happen to you. There's so there is no abuse in love. When I what I mean when I say that is uh, I can't allow you to abuse me because I love me, but because I love you, I'm not going to abuse you either. Now, that's not to say, watch this, that's not to say, since I said that, when we're in relationships, the other person may at times, they may feel abused, but that doesn't mean that they're being abused. And abusive things can happen to people, unfortunately. Abusive things can happen to people, um, I don't want to say by accident, but when 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 the person who's causing the abuse didn't try, and I'm talking about like a, a one-time thing or something, or you know, um, but the point is, the point is with 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 abuse, um, you you have to do your work to make sure that you are not caught in uh, that cycle. That's why you got you got you got to look in the you got to look in the mirror, right? So. Um, all right. So now we talk about when we talk about a changed heart, it's hot. I need to turn my fan on, um, but I don't want I don't want that noise to disturb you guys. So I'm push through it. OK, um, so when we talk about when we talk about change. We got to talk about the heart. So 
if 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 me being healed, so I may use the word heal and change interchangeably, right? Uh, but so when I when I talk in, in order for me to know that I'm healed or changed, I have to look at how change happens. Change doesn't happen just because I say, hey, I've changed because my words will say I've changed, but my behavior will betray me. Like, I was, you know, going back to the people who say they love themselves. You can't say you love yourself and then you're allowing abuse. Right. That's I missed my I've forgot to close that loop. That's what I was saying. Um, you 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 cannot allow abuse. I cannot allow you. As a matter of fact, if we're in a loving relationship, if I love you and I love me, I can't allow you to abuse me because I care about you and I care about me. And and so let me not let me not just make the 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 criteria for healing abuse or or not not the criteria for healing, but the criteria for self-love. When I love me, I can't allow you to misuse me. I, I don't just allow you to treat me any kind of way. Not and what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like I don't just like cower down and just like I just take it. Like I just, you know. Like I may not react aggressively. I may I may overlook some things sometimes, but I'm going to address it in a healthy, respectful way. Why? Because I love me and I love you. Right. So now let's get back to the heart, talking about the heart. So so how do, how do we change then? Don't forget this. Uh, and I should in the email. I didn't tell you guys to get pen and paper, but you know how I teach. So and then again, I guess, you know, it's YouTube. You could always rewatch it. But anyway, this is something you want to remember. Change or healing, whichever one you want to use. Change always happens, always travels through the pathway of the heart. Okay? Change always travels through the pathway of the heart. Now, when I say the heart, I don't mean the muscle in your in your chest that's pumping blood. Okay? When I'm talking about the heart, I'm talking about the mind. Right? So the Bible talks about the heart. You can use, uh, it uses uh, you can you it's you can be substituted it can be substituted for a heart mind right same thing that's why the bible says whatever a man thinks in his heart then so is he right you don't think with your heart really but the understanding is the heart and the mind are interchangeable so here's here's um how change happens your 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 heart is the place from where you live life right we live life from the heart and i'll i'll talk more about that a little later the heart is full of beliefs. Beliefs are programs that run your life, right? Like a computer program. Like um, back in the day when Windows first, well, I mean, when computers first came out, it said there's no operating system on it. Uh, that's how Bill Gates blew up. Like he created uh, DOS first, right? MS-DOS. And then he created the Windows operating system. In order for my Mac to run, right, it has to have an operating system on it. Well, um, you have an operating system, but your beliefs are the programs that run the operating system that runs your life. So if your heart is full of negative beliefs, i.e. negative programs, your life is going to be geared towards the negative. And when I say negative, I mean things you don't want. So that can. So. So. um, $30,000, a $30,000 salary can be in the negative for you. If you was once making 50 or 60, or that's your goal, but you don't believe you can. So making 30,000 can be a negative. And I'm, I'm making that point because when I say negative, I don't want you to get in your mind only 
things like, you know, drug addiction or things that obviously sabotage my life. I'm saying that negative beliefs cause you to venture more towards negative, having a negative life. And uh, just like marriage, like don't do marriage if you're going to half-heartedly do it. It costs too much. But the same to me, the same is true about life. Like if you're going to be in life, then like thrive at it. You only have one. No sense. Like, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to make your life great? You might as well do it now. Go hard for you. You do realize you are the only one living your life. Like there's nobody else on the planet, not another person living your life. Now, there may be other people connected to you, but you're the only one living it. So if you're the one living it, you may as well you may as well make it great. And watch this. You may as well make it great in spite of what any other human thinks about it because they're not living it. I don't care if you're married to them. I don't care if it's your child. I don't care if it's your parent. I don't care if it's your pastor. I don't care if it's your prophet. I don't care who it is. <laughs> you need to live your life based on the, the life that God gave you. What is your assignment? What, what did God put you here to do? What problem did he create you to solve? Because he created you to solve one. Right. So anyway, let me get back on track talking about the heart. Right. So 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 how do we change? So your heart is full of beliefs. Beliefs are programs. So then in order to change. So the program dictates your behavior. So in order to change the program, I got to I got to address the heart. But see, here's what we try to do. We try to address the behavior. You can't address the behavior without addressing the heart because the heart because the behavior is rooted in the heart. Your heart has been tainted. That is why Proverbs 4, 23 says this. As a matter of fact, let me read it so I make sure I'm. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, above everything else. Guard your heart. Why? Because from it flows the course of life. Here's the thing. Your world only exists in your mind. So I recently discovered, this might sound weird, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I recently discovered that I have clients who uh, take some of the things that I say that are not opinions. Like, I don't mind if you take my opinions and be like, eh, yeah, whatever. But I have clients who, who will take things that are not opinions, but truth. And they'll say, they'll, they'll amen and they'll agree. But then they don't do anything with it. How do I know? Because they come back every week with the same issue. And I'm telling you, hey, this is how you resolve that. And they say, yeah, okay. And then I'm going to do that. But then they come back and nothing. Anyway, uh, well, <laughs> how did I get on that? So so, uh, so I'm talking about the heart and changing the heart. So you have to change the heart if you're going to change the behavior. You cannot just if you, if you try to just change the behavior, you are going to you'll be able to do that until life happens. Oh, so I was talking about I was talking about I was talking about um, clients not believing me when I say certain things. This is one of them. That's why I thought of that. This is this is one of those things. OK, so this is not an opinion. You can test it. You can test this if you want. Your world only exists in your mind. And I'm going to slow down here 
to make sure that I am understood, to make sure you hear me, because if you can get this concept, I'm telling you, uh, I was thinking today, Lord, do you want me to become a master teacher of the mind? Because more and more, this is coming up in my life. And if people would just master their minds, they don't understand how drastic they, drastically their lives would change. But your world only exists in your mind. Whatever, let's, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me give you a, little, a few examples. Whatever happened in your childhood, it's not happening now, right? So if it's not happening now, where else on the planet does it exist? Nowhere but in your mind. And with it being in your mind, who is the only person that can interact with it? You. And when you interact with it, because it's in your mind, i.e. your world, it causes you to behave a certain way. It causes you to show up into the physical world a certain way. I've told you, when you get upset with your partner, when you get angry at your husband, when your wife does something to tick you off, you are not responding to what they did. Please hear me when I tell you, you are not responding to what they did. You are responding to how you feel about what they did. Now, not only are you responding to how you feel about what they did, you are responding to how you feel based on your interpretation of what they did. So, so okay, here, here we go. So I'm, I, I'm in my home office, right? And I'm in here and the door's closed. Let's say, you know, my wife comes in here and interrupts me. If in my mind, I determine that she came in here because of a, an emergency, and this happens, you know, like nanoseconds, but she opens the door and I assume, I conclude that she, bust, you know, opened the door because there's an emergency. My response to her, I'm going to say, hey, what? I'm going to tell you guys to pause because this is live and I'm going to tend to my wife. It's not going to be any attitude. It's not, I'm not going to care about y'all watching. If I believe there's an emergency, I'm going to tend to the emergency. But watch this. If I believe there's an emergency, guess where it exists? Only in my mind. Because same situation, wife comes in, same behavior, same tone, same everything. But if I determine she is trying to, if I, de <laughs> if I determine she is now full of the devil, and she is trying to sabotage. She's trying to sabotage God's work. My response to her is going to be different. <laughs> but guess where the meaning of the whole situation is? It's in my mind. That's the only place. And so what I'm telling you is, and I don't know why I'm on this because this is actually not in my notes, but I think somebody needs it. When you respond to your partner, you're responding to how you feel about it and how you feel about it you create based on how you interpret it. And so here's one of the things that I want to get you to understand. And this is about changing. The thing that you're looking at that's causing you pain, if you look at it differently, you can reduce your own pain. Remember, I did a video not long ago talk and, and uh, 
called Are You Sure They're Hurting You? And it was this whole concept that I was talking about. Are you sure they're hurting you? Right? We cause our own pain the overwhelming majority of the time. Okay? Now, again, that's kind of aside because I'm talking about the heart. So, uh, Healing and change always has to travel through the pathway of the heart in order for it to last. Otherwise, behavioral change, like, you know what, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop doing such and such. You'll be able to do that until life happens. When life happens, i.e. a trigger is pushed or whatever, you're going to revert back to what's in your heart, to what you know. Now, let's go a little deeper, take a little step further. So when I talk about the heart, I'm talking about uh, like the mind, right? So the mind is... So another, 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 let me say this too. Another thing about the Bible is it also uses mind and soul sometimes interchangeably. You got to look up the word to see what it's saying in the original language to see which word it's using. But um, I think it's psyche or something like that. There's a word that he uses for mind and it really means soul. We're going to look at that in a little bit too. So, so my soul is who I, my, my soul is my version of humanity, right? You may have heard me say that before. Here's what I mean by that. So my soul, it, like my, my personality, my emotions, my will, my choices, my character, all of that makes up my soul. My soul, Clifton, Clifton's soul is Clifton's version of humanity. Now, when I say my version of humanity, I don't mean because I make it up. I mean, it's mine by right of, I guess, ownership. Like, like this is my right arm. It's not my right arm because I created it. It's my right arm because it's attached to my body. You feel me? So it's it's my version of humanity <clears throat> in that way, where not not that I created, but it's it's the life that I'm living out, right? This is my version. So anyway, uh your soul consists of the mind. <clears throat> so I need some water, but I don't have any. I don't have any. We're gonna have to push through. So the mind, so so you have two parts of your mind, right? You have a you have a conscious mind and then you have a subconscious mind, right? And you may have heard these terms before, but may not may not fully understand. I'm not gonna do a deep dive right now. I'll do that in another lesson. But so you have the conscious mind. Your conscious mind is what you're aware of, the thoughts that you think, the 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 things that you are aware of, your your processing, your 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 figuring things out. That's that happens in your conscious mind. But then there's a subconscious mind, a part of your mind that you're not aware of. Okay, you are not aware of your subconscious mind, but it's there. Your subconscious mind controls your behavior. Okay, so think about this. Your conscious mind controls what you say for the most part. Right. For the most part, your conscious mind controls what you say, but your subconscious mind controls what you do. Right. So that's why I say you can you can say you're going to do such and such, but your behavior will betray you because if what you say is not what you believe in your subconscious mind, it's not going to happen. If you say I love me, but in your subconscious mind, you believe that I'm not good enough, you are going to injure yourself. And so. I don't want to jump ahead, but this point came up right now and I don't want to forget it later. So let me just say it. That's one of the indications. That's one of the ways we look in the mirror and see. That's one of the signs whether we check um, if if I'm healed. I, I say this like I feel like I'm better. I feel like I love me. Like I, I feel like like I feel like I've, I've cleared all this stuff out the way. But then when I look at my life, 
Do I, do it look like I love me? Am I treating me well? Am I showing up in life? Am I being, am I being proactive with my life? If I'm not, then what I want to tell you to do is believe what you see over what you say. Okay. Believe what you see over what you say. So, so, um, my subconscious mind controls my behavior. So your beliefs are in your subconscious mind, i.e. your heart, i.e. that's where the bad programs are. So in order for you to change, you have to change the bad programming. I am going to do another video where I do another deep dive on like understanding the subconscious mind, but also um, understanding like how we actually, like how do you change the subconscious mind, right? Because there, there's a lot of things that you can do to change the programming of the subconscious mind. And I'm not going to go through that here, but my, the point that I'm making though, you have to change that if you want real change. Okay. You can't just say, you know, I've been, I've been, um, saying these things over and over and now I believe it. Okay, great. It's good that you believe you believe it, but how are you showing up in life? If you show up in life, and what you say you believe doesn't line up with what you said. I mean, what's your behavior? Uh, you got to work on that, right? Did you know? So I just learned this last week. This was fascinating to me. Just a side note. Uh, the fact that we have two minds, a subconscious mind and, 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 a, and, a, and a conscious mind. Here's what the Bible says. I'm going to teach on this too. The Bible says, there's a scripture in the Bible says where it says, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and he should not expect to, to receive anything from God. All my life, I've interpreted that as a, a double-minded man is someone who is unsure of themselves or someone who can't make up their mind. But that's not what it means. By the way, for all of you folk who, who follow me, but don't really, you're not Christian, you don't really believe the Bible. If you keep following me, especially with the stuff that I'm learning now, you, at minimum, you're going to start reading the Bible. Let me tell you why. Because there's so many things that I learned as a child about the Bible. And I'm talking about like Bible stories and everything and things that were quote unquote majestic and magical because there's miracles and stuff in the Bible, right? But there's so much that I learned that I am now realizing even in the supernatural, divine, magical, mystical, miracle things that you see, there's a lot of practicality in it and it makes sense. This is one of them. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's talking about when your subconscious mind and your conscious mind don't agree because when they don't agree, you are going to live out of your false self. You're not being authentic. And the Bible says when you're living a double life, Meaning you, you, you say one thing, but in your subconscious, you say I'm a child of God, but in your subconscious, you believe I'm less than a conqueror. The Bible says you shouldn't expect to receive anything from God because you're double minded. That blew my mind when I realized that's what double minded is. Maybe, maybe it didn't blow your mind, but it did mine. So anyway, that was just for free. So, so when we're talking about, when we talk about um, how to change, um, let me, let me go back to, let's, let me give you some signs, some signs that, uh, how, how to tell if you've changed or not. Here's some signs to know, because, because again, you cannot know if you've changed just because you say, you know, like right now I can say, you know what? Um, 
starting right now, I'm going to be the most disciplined I've ever been, period, point blank. And I'll be disciplined until five o'clock in the morning when my alarm goes off. We're going to see if I'm really disciplined. And more than likely, what I said that I and and I, and without putting any work to it, that's not going to happen. Like discipline is not going to just show up. Why? Because everything is controlled by these beliefs. Now, not I'm not saying that all of your beliefs, all of your all of your programming is negative and bad, but a lot of it is. And actually, before I get to the signs, let me back up and talk about how you got this program real, real quick. Like I've talked about this before, but I'm gonna go real fast with it. Right. So in the first years of life, your first eight years of life, um, when we first get to the planet. So when we first arrive to the planet, our minds are blank. Right. And so. Uh, things begin to get written on our minds. And so those first eight years, the mind is malleable, meaning uh, it's shapeable, right? Kind of like clay. But after that, it starts to harden. If I'm going to use the clay analogy, it starts to harden, right? So then those programs become hardwired. And that's, so, so whatever negative messages you received in childhood, whether your parents were trying to help you or not, whether they were trying to love you or not, the negative messages you got and that you misinterpreted because you're a kid, they got embedded into your subconscious, into your programming, and that's where you're living your life from. So if you had abusive or ne neglectful parents, you got stuff in your subconscious. You got stuff in your programming that you need to change and get rid of. Like you're not going to be able to live a health, a healthy spiritual or emotional life with that junk in your heart. You got to clean your heart. Right. And and the thing about cleaning a heart is uh, nobody can clean a heart like God. But I'm, I'm going to go through that at the end. All right. So let me give you these signs. So here, here are some signs that um, some signs that you will know or some indication that you you've been healed. OK, so. Um, any kind of addiction that you're struggling with is a clear sign you haven't healed whatever it is you need to heal. Now, here's the thing. When I say addiction, you may automatically think alcohol or drugs or porn, but I'm talking any kind of addiction. Like you can be addicted to TV. You can be addicted to sugar. You can be addicted to work. Right. So any kind of addiction is an indication that something needs to be healed on the inside of you. You have some bad programming because what you're doing, you're substituting, you're substituting some kind of object for human connection. That's what addiction is. Addiction is substituting a substance or an object for human connection. And the re at the root of that is some kind of self like some, some kind of self-defeating beliefs and thoughts that you have inside. That's that's the root of that. Right. So if you have that, that's an, that's a clear indication. Hey, I, I'm not healed yet. Um, here's another one. So this one, you can use this one to gauge the level of your healing. So as you start to heal, the intensity of the pain connected to the thing you're trying to heal will lessen. Right. That's an indication of if I am healing, like if things are changing, you know, it doesn't hurt as bad as it used to. Now, when it's all healed, it won't hurt at all. That's probably something I need to teach on that because 
you know, things about the thing about life, life is not black and white. And so the statement that I just made is not all inclusive because obviously uh, there's some hurt like losing a loved one that I hear. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. But I hear uh, people never stop hurting. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I can't imagine that. But if they say so, I honestly don't know if that's something that needs to heal or if that's just the human experience, because I haven't studied that. Right. So just putting that out there. Um, but here, the biggest indication of whether or not you've healed and changed is the way you treat people. That's the biggest indication of whether or not you've actually healed it. How you show up in relationships. Right. More specifically, uh, how you react to someone when they push that trigger. Like when they push that trigger, do you still lose it? If you don't still lose it, do you still feel the same on the inside? Right. Because because that's another way we trick ourselves. We trick ourselves because, man, when that trigger got pushed, I used to blow up. I didn't blow up on them. I just stayed quiet. Okay, but you've tricked yourself into thinking that the change is in the behavior. The change is really not in the behavior. It shows up in the behavior. But I want you to go further than that and see how you feel on the inside. Because watch this. When they push the button, you still can feel that feeling of abandonment. You just don't react to the abandonment the same. So, okay, yes, you may have healed some of it. But if you still feel abandonment, then there's more healing that needs to happen. Okay. But my point is, the main point is, the biggest indicator of whether or not you've changed, whether or not you're healed, is how you treat people when they've pushed that button, when they've pushed that trigger or whatever it is, right? How can, can when they push this button, does, does anger still come out or does love come out? Right? Does, does anger still come out or does, or does, does compassion come out? You, now, remember I said in the beginning, you have to be a rigorous self-examiner. You're not going to know or you're not going to be able to see these things if you're not looking in the mirror. Don't be afraid to look in the mirror. Right. Don't be afraid to look at you and say, "Ooh, I got something on my face. I need to get I need to clean that. Right. Don't be afraid to look at the ugly parts of you and attack them, address them, say, hey, you can't live here. Now, let me share this one last thing with you. I'm going to share this one last thing with you. Um. And this kind of like a, I thought of this last minute, it's kind of like a bonus, right? Um, so uh, let me share this with you. In Genesis, uh, let me just read it for you. Let me just, let me just read it for you. So this, this, this little few, it's going to be a few minutes, but this little part, uh, I want to, I want to show you how you have access to divine intervention when it comes to healing and changing, becoming who God created you to be. I'm going to show you. Watch this. Uh, Genesis, Genesis 2, verse 7. Here's what it says. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living soul. Okay? So here's what happened. God formed the man from the dust. He breathed into his nostrils. Man became a living soul. So in that scripture is the three parts of man. What are the three parts? Spirit, body, soul. Spirit, body, body, soul. Okay. Now, let me show you this. The body was formed from the dust. 
right? You said, you said so God, the Lord God formed the man from the dust. So the body was came from the earth. The body was formed from the dust. The spirit got breathed into the man. So the spirit was created by God and breathed into the man, right? That is the part of us that is most like God. So, so in, uh, in Genesis one twenty six, where it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Right? So the Bible says that God created man in his own image and in his own likeness. So we are, we, uh, the spirit that we have is God's reflection. We reflect God's presence on the earth. Okay. You with me? So, so make sure I'm clear. The body is formed by the earth. I mean, God formed the body from the earth. The spirit got blew into the nostrils and it became a living soul. Now, the living soul part uh, that came alive once the spirit was inside the man. So how is the mind formed? The mind is formed in society. Right. The mind is formed in your environment. Once soon as you're born, you start collecting data and you collect data for the rest of your life. Right. So. So watch this. So so uh, I, I used to hear Pastor uh, Jeremy Foster say this. I am a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. OK, say it with me. I am a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. I am a spirit. I live in the body. I have a soul. So the spirit part of me, that's who I, that's, that's me at my core. That's the part of me that's going to live forever. When I die, the body will go back to the dust, right? I actually don't know what happens to the soul. I, I forgot to study that part. What happens when we die with soul? Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I do know that the spirit is a part of me that's going to live forever. Now, uh, so by the way, the issue is not whether or not you're going to live forever. Whoever's listening to me, you're going to live forever. The, the, that's not the, 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 the issue is where <laughs> location is the, is the issue. But anyway, that's not what I'm on. So the spirit of God, I mean, this, so the spirit of God is living in us. So here's the thing about the spirit of God. So the spirit is the part that's most like God, right? And it's living in you. So, so when you pray, when you when you pray, when you read God's word, the thing that you are doing, you are acts. It, it's your spirit man accessing God. And when God speaks to you, he is not going to speak to your soul. He's not going to speak to your body. He's going to speak to your spirit. Here's the thing about your spirit. Your spirit is perfect. Your spirit is just like God. It's not God, but it's just like God. Your spirit is perfect. Your spirit knows everything about you. There's a scripture in the Bible where it says, um, who knows, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's in Romans. Who knows everything about a man except the spirit of a man? So the spirit knows everything about you. The spirit has all of the answers that you need to, to thrive in your life. God put them there. Or God is going to speak to you. You know, if he's speaking, to you, he's going to speak to your spirit. So here's what I'm saying. In your subconscious mind where you have all these beliefs, all these negative programs, uh, because you have a spirit, when you get in your quiet time and you use your mind, 
to get quiet and talk to God about the issues in your past where God still exists because he's omnipresent. He's going to drop the answer in your spirit and your spirit will connect with your soul and your mind and you'll get the answer. And then you can begin to change the thing that you're trying to change, because now when you get a word from God and from your spirit, it's really, really powerful. Why don't we get those kind of words all the time? Because we've fallen in love. Basically, we've you have fallen in love with the current with the current world, with the current age. Like you fall, you've fallen in love with your current life. Now, here's what I mean by falling in love. I don't mean that you, uh, oh, I'm so in love with this life. I don't mean that. I mean that you live your life as if this world is the only world. You live your life as if what you see is what's real. And as believe, as a believer, you know what you see is not real. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Sight comes by doubting. I mean, doubting comes by sight, right? Because when you're in the midst of a storm, just think about it, when you're in the midst of a storm, because storms happen in life, regardless of if you're doing anything, like a storm will just show up. You don't have to be doing bad. But when the storm shows up, if you if you look at the storm and determine, oh, my goodness, this bad and fear comes in, how you think you're going to interact with that? Right. But if the storm comes and you see it with your 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 natural eyes, but in your spiritual mind, you have faith. That means faith means I believe. I act like I believe that God is telling the truth about everything all the time. And so when I see the storm, I believe God is my protection. So there's no fear. Right. So what am I trying to tell you in case I wasn't clear? All of, everything that I said before this is true. However, if you want another level of engagement to help you heal, go to God, because what he's already put inside of you, the answers that you need to get to the next level of thrivation. I'm telling you, like, look, man, it's already in you. No, yes, you too. I, because see, if you're like me now, I'm getting hot. If you're like me, it's like I used to think. I really used to believe that the things that I hear in the Bible or all the encouragement words that I get, I, I would be like, you know what? Yes, that's true for them, but not for me. Yeah, I mean, God can do that, but he's not going to do that for me. And guess what? He didn't. Because why? Because my subconscious got in line with my conscious mind. And I'm going to talk about that when I talk about the subconscious and the conscious mind. But the conscious mind sends signals to my subconscious mind. And because the subconscious mind cannot rationalize, process, fact check, it don't do any. It just believes whatever the conscious mind says. So when I send it negative messages, it believes it. And my behavior gets in line with it. So when I believe, man, ain't nobody going to buy this book. I stop writing. When I believe, man, uh, people don't want to hear me on YouTube, I stop recording videos. Why? Because that negative belief gets in your subconscious and then it creates a feeling that prevents you from moving forward. Self-sabotage. I know I said a lot tonight. I know I said a lot tonight. Uh, and uh, hope it was helpful for you, right? So my goal is to encourage you to do the work that you need to do don't be afraid to approach change. The Bible says in Luke uh, 6, I believe like uh, 46, 47, somewhere around there, it says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Right. What does that mean? That means it says it says you identify a tree by the fruit that it bears. 
right? How do you know that's an apple tree? Because it got apples on it. If it has apples on it, I don't think it's a lemon tree. An orange tree is not going to bear lemons. An orange tree is not going to bear apples. It's going to bear oranges. In the same way, whatever behavior you see in your life, I don't care who you think made you mad. I don't care who you think pushed the button. I don't care who you think harmed you in the past and how much harm they did to you. I don't care if you were a slave and you're still living now. The reality is, if, if, <clears throat> that would be interesting if you was a slave still living. What, what year is this? 2023. Anyway, uh, that made me lose my train of thought. Why did I say that? I, I mean, it's true. Like, if you were a slave still living now, uh, I, f- I forgot the point. <laughs> I forgot the point that I was going to make. And it was going to be a really good point, too, because I, I should not have said that because it threw me off. Because then I started thinking about slaves. Right. Uh, and I'm hot. But um, let me see if I can get it back. It does not matter what you think about you. Right. Uh, and let me see if somebody on here can give it to me. Uh, no. Hey, Miss Latanya. Um, so uh, it's gone. It's gone. Well, I guess that's the show tonight, folks. And I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you hanging out with me because uh, that last point is just completely gone. And um, but yeah, who taught you how to heal? Who taught you how to um, recognize whether or not you still need to do more work? Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think you say you've healed. What does your behavior say? Right. What's showing up in your behavior? Are you still doing the things that you did when you were first, uh, not when you first triggered, but when you, when you, when you're triggered, like has your behavior changed? Not has your thoughts about you changed, has your beliefs, because it is in your beliefs where your life is, where, where the, those negative programs, you got to change those. Like, and the thing is, God gave you your, your life. It's up to you to make great. God's going to work with you, but nobody's coming to rescue you. Nobody's coming to save you right? You have to do the work. God is going to do his part, but he's not going to do your part. And you can't do his part, but you need to find out what your part is. Like in real life, you need to find out what your part is and do that because he's not going to do your part. Like, like he's going to part the Red Sea, but he's not going to float you across. You're going to have to walk. You feel me? Like you gonna have to stretch out your hand. And you got to do something. Do your part. So listen, thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Manhood Mondays mixed with the podcast. Who taught you? Right. Tonight I'm talking about I talked about who taught you how to recognize that you were healed. Right. So um, anyway, I pray that you guys have a blessed evening. I pray that you had a Merry Christmas. You know, Christmas was yesterday and I pray everyone had a good time with their family. And listen, I pray God's most ridiculous blessings over your life.